Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Vessus Hashem, BPW, Shear number 38, Vice Primi for Women, Shear number 38. We're in the middle of a PDF reviewing 100 ways you can love your husband in his way. It's written in for the husbands to how to love their wives in her way, 100 ways to love her. And as we said, that this PDF is wonderful because if you think into each line, some may not exactly apply to you, but you could extrapolate it into your life how to benefit from this. Even if only one of the two spouses does this and works through this, it can do wonders. And how much more so if each one of them works on it individually towards each other, it could really transform the marriage. And we're middle of page 43, and um, in the middle of the page, to share your thoughts and feelings with your husband. We said that on the husband's side too. It has to be important to him. Um, if, if to tell, just like he, it says here, to tell her about your job if she's interested, meaning the husband needs to share his life with his wife. His wife also needs to share her life with him, especially if he shows interest. If he shows interest, whether she's a, a mother at home, whether she's at a working mom and she's working, whatever the case may be, if he shows interest, then she needs to talk about it and be open. And not very often, you know, each one comes from the day, how is your day? Okay, and that's the end of that. But very often there is a need and it's an important idea to want to share your days with one another. You don't have to go into details or major details, but certain aspects to just um, talk about your day and Gedali Yisrael used to do this, his famous stories where, where, where it says Al Melza, there's other stories with other Gedali Yisrael, where they sat down with their wife when they came home and had a long, lengthy conversation with their wife where they were, what bus stop they took, where they, they thought this and they did that and so on and so forth. And um, someone witnessed it and it was like unbelievable to see because you're dealing with a, a big tzaddik, uh, even that doesn't waste a second, doesn't waste a minute, constantly learning Tyra. And here he is spending a, a, a long 20 minute, 30 minute discussion with his wife about little nitty gritty details because he knows that that's what she cares about and she enjoys hearing about his day and so on and so forth. And it works both ways. Um, the idea also. Um, to take time on how she spends her day. Very, very important. And on the husband's side to do that for his wife and the wife to do it for her husband as well. And husbands, we t- I tell, tell, tell them many times because a lot of them don't like talking. Uh, they internalize everything and they're, they don't feel it important to open up and share, not because they're trying to hide anything from their wives or anything like that, but they say, what's the significance? What's the point? They process it, process it internally. And I explained on, on the husband's side of it that it's true that women usually like to share experiences verbally and husbands generally, men generally don't, but with their wives, husbands need to learn to express themselves verbally. And But when he finally does so to her, his wife, it's important for the wife to embrace that and encourage that conversation and show appreciation that he's opening up and you take time to listen to how his day went and so on and so forth. The next one, learning to enjoy what he enjoys. 
or what she enjoys, is a very, very important concept. And we, we touched upon it earlier. We touched upon it earlier, and example I give always with my marriage is I like, for example, um, psychology. So I like uh, learning a lot about personality types. Um, I've been really dreaming for a while. Didn't At the time of the recording of this year, I didn't yet have a chance to do this, even though I talked about it many times that I'm going to do this, is to discuss personality types, MBTI, Enneagram, and how it relates to Shalom Bayis, and how it relates to Ben Havera, and how learning about personality types in the right way could enhance and beautify marriages and interpersonal relationships overall, and marriages in particular. So personality types is something I really, really enjoy. My wife enjoys it much less so. That's not her main source of enjoyment. On the other hand, the other way around, my wife enjoys practical things, um, you know, practical details. You know, uh, honestly, we go on vacation. There's a show about buying houses, selling houses, redoing houses, things like that. Very practical stuff that she enjoys very, very much. I only have, I have not that much interest in that. But to be honest, and Baruch Hashem, I learned this over time. And I was not good at it early on. I'm a work in progress like everyone else. But over time, I learned, because I see she's enjoying it so much, that even if we're on vacation and, uh, you know, she, she enjoys watching this type of thing, and I watch it with her, and I start listening and in getting somewhat interested in it. Now, it's not my main enjoyable subject, but the idea is, is that once I get engaged in it, I do enjoy it to a certain extent, and part of my enjoyment is because I know she enjoys it and we're sharing an experience. And over the years also, even though she's not into personality types, she learned about it and does have a certain knack and understanding a lot of this aspect, and that comes from the shared experience. And if we could do it, any one of you could do it. And which is basic like this, to open up your hearts and minds. If you see that your husband is passionate about a subject that you particularly don't find that interesting, but if you uh, uh, allow yourself to go into that world and get some sipik nefesh by the fact that they're enjoying it, and then you share in that experience and ask questions and you're very curious about it, and you learn to enjoy it also to a certain extent, or at least to the fact that he's enjoying it, so you want to enjoy that experience too. This is a very important concept in life, very important concept in marriage. Because you'll, if, if there's some things that, thank God, that you could figure out ways where you both enjoy the same thing, you both enjoy hiking, both enjoy taking walks, both enjoy bicycling, both enjoy um, reading, whatever it is, then beautiful. Share that experience that you both mutually enjoy. But the key really is, is that when you learn to adapt to each other what each other enjoys, even though it's not your cup of tea, so to speak. You, it's, it, it, you get to enjoy it tremendously, sometimes the subject matter itself, believe it or not. And, 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 and it gets accentuated by the fact that you see, oh, my husband is really enjoying it. This is also a good concept when you're going on vacation. If you're finally able to parcel out the kids or whatever it is, and you're going on vacation, doesn't have to be expensive, um, and, and you go, and, and each one of you have different ideas of what you want to do. He wants to hike, and she wants to um, sit by a, by, a, by a like a brook and do needlepoint or whatever it is. You were able to find out ways where you both could give each other um, what each other enjoys. And then, for example, 
the only one of you enjoys really the walking and the hiking and that rigorous stuff. But you both decide on one event and one vacation. That's what we're going to do. And the other one who enjoys it less learns to enjoy it, embraces that experience, doesn't reject it, and says, I'm going to make the most of this. And by the fact that I see my husband or wife, whichever way it is, enjoy it, I'm going to share in that experience. And then later, when you're at that, or, or the, you know, the next day, whatever it is, it's a beautiful day, we'll go to a beautiful park or where there's a brook and we'll take beach chairs and we'll sit down, I'll read a book and you'll do your needlepoint or whatever it is and enjoy that experience. So again, even though a particular experience, one of them enjoys a lot and one of them enjoys not so much inherently, but the very fact that each one enjoys that particular thing, you start enjoying what your husband or wife is enjoying because they enjoy it and you love them. And believe it or not, sometimes, sometimes even that very topic or that very subject or that very activity becomes more enjoyable to you too. So that you who never took these brisk walks or never took these hikes in beautiful nature or never enjoyed it so much because you're with your wife or husband who does enjoy this, now you're getting to feel it a little bit. Hey, you know something? It's not, not only it's not so bad, I'm actually getting the hang of really enjoying this a little bit too. I see how invigorating it could be. And the same thing with normally you would go out of your box sitting on a beach chair um, looking at, you know, you want to do something. You're the active type of person. But because your husband or wife, whichever way it is, enjoys sitting back, woman doing needlepoint, the, the, the husband either reading or staring out at the calm waves, the other one who's normally more active, but learns that concept of, you know, I take a deep breath, look back. This is not something I not don't normally do, but I see it's really... It, you know, I can't do this all day long. I'll go out of my box. But for the hour, the hour and a half, it really is beautiful. And you get to enjoy each other that way. So it's an eta for vacation. It's eta for overall life. Conversations, topics of conversations, also same story, same idea. Of course, if you could figure out ways to figure out conversations that you both enjoy the same way, beautiful. But even if one of you enjoys it more and the other one less on any particular topics, you switch off with each other. And you start in in, 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 in in beginning, you may have to make some effort because it's a subject matter that doesn't really inherently interest you. But because your husband or wife is shining and they're, they're, their eyes are sparkling and they're really enjoying it, you go along with the ride. And ultimately, it'll be a lot more pleasant than you initially thought it would be. And it's an it's a, a opportunity to uh, bond it says here, Laker, let her take a bubble bath while you do the dishes. This is the, talking to the husband. They should do this for their wives from time to time. Sometimes when the husband needs some relaxation time too, she does her best to give him his chill time or whatever he needs in his man cave, you know, whatever it is, as long as he's not escaping. I talked about that to the husbands as well, that it is okay to want to have, quote-unquote, your man cave or to have time alone, but not to the point where you're escaping reality and not to the point where you're neglecting your wife or your children. So there's a, there's a, there's a time and place for everything where you need to be together and then you need to give each other the space that you need. And... The next one is understanding her physical limitations. If you have several children, this goes both ways. And this is something that I am not going to get into now because I'm not a Rav, I'm not a Pisic, and it's a very uh, deep, deep topic about birth control, which we talked about, touched upon in Shiorim here, Shiorim there, 
But because it's such a deep hashkafic issue, and it's a halacha issue as well, um, people do use it in this, the various circumstances. Of course, they ask a rav, and some people are very discouraging of it. Some people are more based on the reality situations, more encouraging with it. But what I will say, which is important, that kula alma maida, everyone agrees, no matter what your position is on birth control, on having more children, less children, and all of these aspects, what you rely on the rabbinic shloylam, like purely, and what do you say? Yes, I could take do some hishtablis to limit it when I need that space because it's it's a tzarek l'shalom bias. You ask your shilas with your rav, with your mentor, benegah these things. But what I will say here is to the not that we're answering shilas here about these subjects, but the idea being though is if you see, usually it goes where a wife because she had one baby after another after another that her, just her physically, and she's emotionally totally drained, and she's not coping well. And a husband needs to understand that to the very point that at least he has the arachrayas to seriously ask that shayla. That he can't ignore his wife when his wife says, I am I, I, not functioning, I need that space. I'm not, not because I'm selfish, not because uh, I'm not caring, not because I don't have a muna, but I'm just simply, I, I'm not coping, and I need that space. Then he, the husband, has an arachrayas, to ask that Shiloh based on how she's feeling. But very often it comes the other way around a lot also where he gets very overwhelmed, emotionally overwhelmed. And 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 at the very least, again, we're not ones to talk about how to paskan the Shilas or the viewpoints of all of it. We really, really did not get into it in any of this year and we talked about here that much. We touched upon it, but that's about it because it's really beyond the scope of of, of, of such a sheer, because the only thing I would be able to do is just simply say you need to speak to a Rav, but this is how you present it on, in the honest way to a Rav when you're discussing this. So you have to ask a Rav and, and a, and a Paisic, a Lachach authority when it comes to these type of ideas of birth control and other things like that. But although normally in tip stereotypical situations, it's a wife that sometimes feels she needs that birth control in space while the husband pushes along, sometimes it could be reverse, where a wife is fine with it, whatever the reasons are, she has one baby after another, and and whatever reason that compels her to continue with that, the husband is completely overwhelmed and feels that there's, the family structure is weakening and, 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 and the kids are, 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 are getting affected by it, you know, and, and there's an overwhelmingness and there's a, a lack of care in the house because of it, or whatever the case may be, at the very least, what needs to happen is to understand that limitation, to know that you need to speak to a Rav or Halachic authority to at least be honest exactly what's going on in the house and to present that Shaila to a Rav that understands these things, a Halachic authority that could make that Psak and understands exactly what's going on. That is really all that is could be stressed in this particular sheer particular in this particular subject that if you see you sense in your husband there's a limitation physically emotionally based on the amount of children you have and and the overwhelmingness of it and there's a lack of being not even able to cope and until it stresses and puts a strain on the family life on the children and on your shalom bias there's an achrayis for the both of you to be honest about it look at yourselves deeply and present that dilemma to a Rav or Paisik.
Disciplining the children out of love, not anger. That's really a chinuch thing. That's a joint effort. Here is a real important thing. To help him finish his goals and to pursue hobbies and ed- or education or a career. And here is really the idea of allowing each other to fulfill your potential. And even um, and your gifts and your talents. And on the men's side, when we talked about this, we explained that even though stereotypically people think that women are, of course, they're, you know, they can't, let's say if they, if they have a talent towards music or singing, they shouldn't sing for men. But it doesn't mean they can't accomplish the tremendous things in their female-to-female influence of writing and drawing and speaking and singing and playing music. And you could have women-only bands and so on and so forth. And it's important to encourage those gifts that a husband sees that or his wife has and not to quash them, but to encourage it. And it goes the other way around. Despite your husband's busyness, whether he's busy at work, whether he's really serious in his learning or whatever it is, but if you see he has that hobby or that he has that gift, he has a gift of music, he has a gift of singing, or he has a gift of entertaining people, making people happy. He has a gift of being a people's person or coaching, or he has a gift, whatever gift that you see your husband has, even if it's not a professional gift because he's busy in another profession, but he, he has his dreams and aspirations, it's important for a wife to encourage it, not to stamp it, but to encourage it and to not squash it and allow it to thrive and to allow do everything you can to bring out that beautiful potential. There's separate shiurim that I would love to give on individuality, the importance of individuality, even though there's a tzibur, the importance of a tzibur, being mitzaref with a tzibur, with a whole klal, but it's so, so important at the very same time to, to, to value each person's individuality and bring that out in the most beautiful way. And whatever you could, when you see a talent in your husband, that you could encourage and bring out so many people. I know, um, basically, they thank their wives. They became authors, or they became educators, or they opened up a certain business, all based on the very, very idea that their wives soared in them and encouraged them, and that's how they became who they became. And you have that tremendous kayach within you to tap into that gift that your husband has that could transform him and to help him be the best person he could possibly be and ultimately by doing that he'll be the best husband he could possibly be towards you. Brachan atzlacha.